1: Hello, Fat Mascara family.
2: I'm Jen. I'm Jessica. We've got a great episode. We're super psyched. Guys, I chilled out with Pat McGrath and I'm going to fill you in on the deets of the Pat chat. She spilled some serious secrets, some exclusive news, and I want to fill you in. Then, we talk a lot about fillers on this podcast. But some of you rightfully pointed out that we don't talk enough about the downsides and dangers. So I'm going to tell you all about that stuff. So listen up. And then finally, there's a nail decal that could potentially save your life. I need need that. I know. So stay tuned. Our guest
1: today. I have a little. I have a little crush on him now. It is fragrance publisher, Frederick Moll.
2: Mm, he the was title a, alone.
1: Right? He was a dream. We learned all about fragrance. And honestly, we got to watch our backs. This man should have his own podcast. It's a great interview. I think you guys are going to love it. So let's get into it.
3: Jen, in sub-zero degree
2: weather... I put on my little booties, <laughs> and I hit the pavement, and on Friday morning, I went out to see Pat McGrath. But I was hoping to see you. Oh, I
1: got to see her that day, too, but I, I was in the afternoon session. The afternoon session, She's okay. launching fab new product.
2: That's part of it. Her Decadence palette, it's one of the Mothership palettes, the fourth one, mm-hmm. and these gorgeous matte trans lipsticks. And you can see me wearing Vendetta on our Instagram. It's a stunning red, and that's coming out the 18th as well. Yes. Um, but the real thing... Was the QT with Pat? QT quality time, like you had one-on-one time with Pat. Yeah, we had a little cozy co- cozy well, couch chat.
1: Where was I? I did not have one-on-one time with Pat. I was
2: like herded in
1: like a like cattle no, with they, a they, bunch they, of other
2: editors. That's like the thing at these events. Listen, you just gotta you gotta budge your way in. You gotta I gotta budge in.
1: I think it's your red hair. People remember you. No, oh, I'm gonna dye my hair red. So, what did you <laughs> learn in your one-on-one with Pat McGrath?
2: So I had to ask her because you know. Every single time, it's the sequins everywhere. It's the sequins, oh, yes. you know, all over the table. There's not an inch. I always wonder, like, you know, who is the poor intern that has to prop style <laughs> the the set before? Because it's so dense. You know those hard sequins that are in, like, all of the packaging? Yeah, and
1: how many sequins were killed in the making oh of God. Pat McGrath <laughs> Labs <laughs> packaging, honestly?
2: So I said to her, I said, w- what, come on, tell me, what's with the sequins? And she said... And I, I'm not going to do her accent, but it was so fabulous. She goes, she's always been obsessed with shine, sparkle, and dimension. And that's been really, like, the root of her line. She sure, that, yeah. She said the concept of her whole line came really quickly. And she said that these, you know, I kind of asked her, I think I alluded to, like, oh, cool. Like, so we should save them. And she looked at me like I had eight heads. And she's like, darling, of course. She's like, you mean people are throwing them out? And Wait, I was like, what? She thinks people are opening up the little Ziploc bag, and then what are we doing with the sequins? You must save them. The fact that she, that the idea of somebody throwing them out, it looked like I'd wounded her deeply. What, what are you gonna do? Have like a like a trash can full of sequins in okay, your house. Okay, well, she gave me some idea. She said that oh, in, God, her, okay. in, in her home. She uses them, she puts them like in a jar, and then she uses puts props puts her brushes in them, like her makeup brushes. Oh, okay. She said some people use them as candle holders. Like obviously you didn't need something to contain like a mason jar
1: or whatever. Which, yes.
2: Oh, I can't imagine a mason ooh, jar. We're doing crafting on Fat Mascara Podcast. But, <laughs> but these sequins she goes. These are colors that you would not buy straight from the store. These are custom colors to match every. Se- no, the sequins are custom. They're custom. She they're made specifically to match like each launch. And she said these are. It was so funny. She goes. You cannot buy these sequins. These are couture sequins. Oh, okay. No, she really, really. I said, where do you get them? She she goes. It's top secret couture couture, oh, which is now my new my new tagline for everything. <laughs> I don't want to tell people. It's top secret couture couture. And she said she went through a million like tests. Sequence before settling on these because uh, different ones didn't have the right shine or they bent. Like, have you noticed? Remember when, like, yeah, you they're the first more like got little them, diskette, sort of. They're so hard you can't bend them. This was all. Is purpose- this the new Bitcoin? Are we going to like use like, these like, sequences? Yeah, and then
1: like in ten years we're going to find out it's worth four billion dollars.
2: This is the stuff that she said will really like couture houses. Like they will use these on garments. All right. All so right. this is not like your, you know, l- what's that store? I can't think of it. H&M sequins? You will not find these sequins on like an H&M like party dress. These really are a bit of couture. Then I said to her, all right, lady, your skin... I mean, I look like I was the crypt keeper next to her. I don't know if any of you guys have yeah. seen the photo over on Instagram, but she's, she looks like she's glowy AF, and yeah. that woman
1: doesn't age.
2: Yeah, it was her skin's outrageous. So I said, "What are your secrets?" She told me that she uses dermatological skincare from her derm doctor, and I'm going to butcher his name: or- Orange Trike, Orange Trike, Orange Trike. He's on Fifth Avenue. Okay. So that is her derm to go to. We she, should put
1: oh, a we should put a link on we're the. We're going to put a
2: link because I'm so sorry, Doc. That I said it like that. And she goes to Rescue Spa on 19th Street, and she goes to Denuda, gets her facials there, and like so many, I'm sure, of our listeners, she's obsessed with bio- Biologique Recherche. Biologique Recherche. Recherche. Um, P-50, P50 lotion. And it doesn't surprise me because it looks like I'm looking at, like, a fresh layer of her skin every time I see her.
1: Yeah, that's, like, a peel lotion with, I think, AHAs maybe and BHAs.
2: I'm not sure what's in it, but I know it smells funky, but it's worth it. Unicorn pee. It's very
1: strong. It's unicorn pee. pee. Couture, couture.
2: Couture, couture. It's top secret couture, couture. Mm -hmm. Okay? Good secrets. Um, And I asked her, I said, Pat... Do you think you'd ever expand into skincare? Because I, you know, her eyes lit up when she was talking about oh, this stuff. Oh,
1: did you get some beauty news?
2: You know, you know, Pat. She's very coy, yeah. and she's a very smart businesswoman. Mm-hmm. and she said, at the moment, we're staying with color, but obviously, I'm sure coming soon. Who knows? I'm obsessed with skincare, so I would not be surprised if we see something incredible coming out that makes her skin look glowy and fabulous.
1: Okay, and listeners, give us credit if she does come out with skincare, and let's pretend that we scooped it first. How about that? I mean... Couture, couture, yeah, people. Yeah, it'll
2: be top secret. Couture, couture skin. I'm waiting, Pat. We love you. New
1: year, new segment. Uh, we always talk about the plus sides of beauty, but Jess and I want to inform you when there might be side effects or a downside. Play beauty detective, if you will. So we're calling this segment, which you will be hearing again, Beauty Private Eye. Jess, doesn't it seem to you, as you're scrolling through Instagram and walking through the city streets, that everybody is getting cosmetic fillers, that they get them very easily? It's almost like you're getting your hair highlighted. Like, mm-hmm. no big deal. Go to the doctor. Do your lips. Maybe a little here, a little there. It just feels like you for, some of us are forgetting that it's a, like, a cosmetic procedure.
2: Yeah, I think... It's it, not a
1: treatment. It's a procedure.
2: Yeah, it seems like it's it's, yeah, it's just a... It seems like it's a cosmetic to people. People uh, are thinking that, like, oh, it goes away. It's fine. It's right. Like fake tanner. And
1: some of the fillers, yes, there are injections that can reverse them. And we've talked about cosmetic fillers a lot on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I've mentioned that I have them. I always just talk about the plus sides of it. We've never actually reported on what actually goes into filler and what you need to be concerned about or look at before you yourself get cosmetic filler.
2: The dangers, the downsides, not the side effects, because everything comes with side effects, but like, what can go wrong? Yes. Because and it's like surgery. I mean, it isn't surgery, but it's like a, it's a procedure and procedures have
1: risks. Right. And thank you to our listeners who actually pointed this out whenever we've spoken about filler. They're like, by the way, guys, don't forget to talk about this. Mm-hmm. So you spoke with your derm, right?
2: Yes. Dr. Pat Wexler, legend. Mm-hmm. She's seen it all. She's, you know, been doing Botox since it started. She's been doing Juvederm since it started. Restylane since it started. So uh, I had a chat with her the other day. And she was so, you know, basically with us on this. And she's like, absolutely. She goes, one third of her patients actually need to be fixed before she even like touches them. Because she's fixing bad work from other people. Like Not that, that something went wrong
1: with the side effect, it's just like poorly done. Poorly done. Yeah, okay. So like you can get one some third really bad, wow. Yeah,
2: yeah. Really bad work. Um doctors don't even well let's just talk about side effects for a second because that is something really to consider okay. to consider a lot of doctors don't really inform people about their the side effects and obviously you know let's say you want to get juvederm wrestling set whatever you can as a proactive patient go and look on their website and see what those things are but and you're has- really like let's be like pra- pragmatic about this you're going to rely on your doctor to tell you these things
1: yeah i get it in a sheet that i have to sign off on but i'll be perfectly honest i never read it i just sign the sheet no
2: of course there are things like you know if you have sinus issues if you're allergic to sutures which you probably don't know until like the you know shit hits the fan forgive Mm -hmm. me um if you have an autoimmune disease these things can actually like have really serious results once you get the filler um, the other one is if you've been to the
1: dentist, my doctor always ah, says, have you been to the dentist? And they always ask me that. And I'm always like, why? And they're like, because it can cause issues with that.
2: Um, one of the a big complication that can happen is, you know, some people think when they hear bruising, they're like, oh, okay, don't worry. It's not a big deal. I can just cover it with makeup, but you can actually get a hematoma, which is something which is like when it's just a large collection of blood that underneath the surface, the underneath the, skin. the surface, yeah. and you're not able to cover that. Yeah. Um, you can also get this This one's really scary a vascular occlusion and this happens if the filler is injected into the blood vessel mm-hmm. or if so much is injected that it just sits on top of it and then ready this is like a horror movie the skin dies really? yes this, so the skin will initially does
1: she have pictures of any of this? I so want to put gross pictures on her blog we, we
2: can certainly do this um, I'm not going to ask Dr. Wexler for these photos no I'll I'm find some am going to get some, some gnarly though. ones from Google Images. I need
1: to know what a vascular occlusion looks like immediately so, okay. Okay,
2: so this is how it happens. So the skin will initially turn white, as, since the blood is getting shut off, and that will turn into a dusky gray as it begins to lose oxygen. It's like frostbite. Oh, nasty. So what? Even the here's the thing: is the best injector yeah. can ha, can have an occlusion, an occlusion. It's okay. Statistical, but your injector, you need to have such a good injector that they can recognize the difference between a bruise and an occlusion, and know how to reverse it. Yeah, this is why you do
1: not go to the drive-through place with the nurse on duty exactly. that doesn't have the doctor that's never in the office, and you just hope for the best. So
2: she, yeah, she gave it to your point. She gave me this funny expression, mm. like a little Durham humor. She goes, "They have an expression in, in the business. What? It's not the filler; it's the filler." Like the, oh, cook, the person doing the filling, exactly. So Dr. Wexler says she uses hyaluronic acid fillers about almost a hundred percent of the time because if you use anything other than a hyaluronic acid filler, it's not an immediate reversal. So she right.
1: So like if you use Restylane, which is a hyaluronic acid filler, and something goes wrong, they can inject that enzyme that reverses it. Where the calcium ones, like Radius or something, you have that. She Permanent, uses... Not permanently, until it fades. Yeah.
2: She uses hyaluronidase. Hyaluronidase, hy- 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 that's the... Hy- <laughs>
1: hyaluronidase. She uses hyaluronidase. That's what all the doctors use to inject a
2: hyaluronic acid filler and reverse it. She use, She has that in the room as a precaution, Ooh. so she doesn't have to wait 15 minutes to leave. Go to the lab and get it. Okay. So, um, you know, that's that is the sign of an experienced dermatologist who's like... Doesn't have it kicking out in the back. If she sees something that looks like a vascular occlusion, she has it right there to like fix it, bam. But if you have someone who thinks, hey, this looks like a bruise, and then sends you on your merry way, or you know runs out to the back to go get it, you're in trouble.
1: So right now we got to ask, what are the side? If you're getting injected, what are the side effects? Has your doctor done it before? Can you reverse this particular filler Mm -hmm. if something goes wrong? And how will you know if something has gone wrong? I think they need to have answers immediately for all those questions before you get injected.
2: You know, Dr. Wexler mentioned a few more that were pretty gnarly, but, you know. Side effects, yeah. Pretty gnarly side effects, pretty gnarly risks. But, you know, no one can say these things will never happen. But you can really lessen your chance if you find a good derm. So I asked her how to find a good derm. And she said you can really only go by the reputation of the physician. So she said ask, you know, ask your friends. Ask them who their derm is. They don't necessarily need to get the same procedure that you're looking to get. And then I thought this was a really good tip. Ask gynecologists. Ask your gynecologist. She said they very often, you know, talk to their patients. And, you know, they've historically been great at recommending people. And
1: also a previous guest told us to ask your hairdresser or your oh, yes. stylist cuz not only Sharon see, Yeah, she did say. Not only do they see good work, but they're plugged into your community of aesthetic people like mm-hmm. wherever you live so they're going to know who to send you and to. And they know
2: bad work cuz if they're pulling back people's oh, hair, yes, they do they or can see no little, good.
1: Or they might little see the little Vascular occlusions, or whatever (laughs)
2: exactly. So, um, you know, we're happy to talk about this stuff and you know, inform you guys about like new fillers and everything. But it is a serious procedure, so you know, think twice.
3: Good day, sunshine! Good day, sunshine! Good day, sunshine! I need to laugh, and when the sun is out. So,
1: Jess, back in 2016, La Roche-Posay, that L'Oreal skincare brand, they came out with a UV patch. That Mm. sensor, remember, that tells you how much sun exposure you're getting? Yes. They found that people that were using it, consumers, ended up 34% applying sunscreen more often, and 37% of the people that were using it tried to get in the shade more. So say what you will about wearing a little patch on your skin, but, like, it really does affect behavior. I love that. But also, who wants to be putting like a nicotine patch on their skin? <laughs> so this summer, breaking some beauty news here, um, La Roche-Posay is going to be doing UV Sense, which is teeny tiny. I think it's two millimeters by nine millimeters. It's a nail decal. I love that. It's, so what it'll do is you put it on your nail. You can wear it much longer than the patch because it's not just a couple of days. You could be wearing it for like a week or two. And it uses it's that.
2: waterproof, obviously.
1: Yes. And it hooks to an app. Well, it doesn't hook. The air. It goes through the air like
2: magic to your app. <laughs> the cloud? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm Wait, explaining the science. This is and, and, crazy. Okay. No, no
1: cloud. It's um, it's actually called Near Field Communication Enabled Technology. Okay. Um, and it'll tell you when you are getting a lot of UV exposure. So you can use the app to be – so you wear it for like a week and you could see – okay, I've been getting in the sun too That's much.
2: genius. How much is this thing?
1: Okay, I'm glad you asked that because I reached out to the company and I was like, I need to know where, when, whatever. They're like, the most we could tell you is it's coming in summer 2018.
2: Oh, my God, I'm there. I would wear this. Yeah, I would so, absolutely wear this. I, I need think to be so scared. Too. I there's, need to be scared. There's something about the skin
1: one that I was like, all right. I don't I don't know. I don't care that much. But remember what my New Year's resolution was? Wear
2: SPF more vigilantly.
1: I'm going to try to do that, but I'm to get the decal because – Just the fact of you putting that on makes you more aware. If Then I'll be wearing sunscreen 35% more of the time. I'm sort of, like, doing myself a favor.
2: I also love that it will be, you know, seeing that on someone's hand will be a conversation starter and make SPF more of a, like, um, I mean, there's nothing, like, bad about it. But I think it will normalize, like, wearing SPF and being... Yeah, it's cool. It's Nike. almost like it's wearing like, yeah. a, the Nike...
1: Um, the
2: armband, the thingy. Yeah, I saw, thingy. we sound like our mothers right now. That Nike... That thingy, that, 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 like that Apple crazy thingy. That fitbit. fitbit. No? Yeah. Yeah, the Fitbit. It's, okay. it's like, you know, I care about It's cool actually. to be healthy. Yeah, I care about my health. Yeah. yeah.
1: And to be honest, if you're dressing up and whatever, it's so tiny that you could not see it. Like it's on your nail. It's not like it's a patch. Yeah. So it can go either way. But if once I get mine and you're going to get one too, oh I'm going to be showing it to everybody.
3: Gold
1: finger. summer is fast approaching which means it's shapewear season just kidding it's really wedding season but i just got an invitation to a wedding in philadelphia and guess what i'll be wearing honey love i'm not sure about the rest of the outfit or the dress but the shapewear is going to be honey love Here's why. Honeylove has revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating when you're wearing shapewear. Plus... that's good 10 minutes joanna thompson does these yoga lattes in 10 one day will be abs one day will be arms today jess is booty day and we're just (laughs) gonna get it done all in 10 minutes if you're trying to get a good sweat then you've got to try their award-winning workouts like the sweat inducing yoga flows or the reformer pilates workouts without weights you can also find stress relief with meditations affirmations face yoga Learn to do dry brushing. How many times have we talked about dry brushing on this
2: podcast? Aloe Moves will teach you how to do it. Unlock your personal wellness routine with Aloe Moves. Go to alloMoves.com now and use the code Mascara20 for an exclusive 30-day free trial and enjoy 20% off an annual membership. That's alloMoves.com code Mascara20. AlloMoves.com code Mascara20. He's the man, the man. A cold finger. On Fat Mascara, we always talk about perfumers. We give them a. We basically make them heroes. But I think the person who started this all is the man sitting across me right now in this gorgeous, what do you call this, tweed jacket?
0: It is a tweed jacket. It's wonderful. Yeah, I love no, it. We're going to have you, to discuss
2: this jacket later. We're with Frederick Moll today. We have the divine privilege. Frederick, thank you so much for coming to Fat Mascara. Thanks
0: for having me. Yes. Welcome. It's a privilege. We
2: should have had like Fun. a scented mall candle here. I feel really oh. like, I know that would have really... You, up can, the send elegance you here. can send us one later.
0: I can. Okay. We okay. Will thank we'll you. have to discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we're actually coming up with a new packaging, which is going to be beautiful. Oh, really? Yes. Ooh. What's it like? It's going to be made of porcelain. Mm. Okay. It's be very nice.
2: All right. Don't drop it. Uh-oh. Mm. So you're referred to as a perfume publisher. Right. What does that mean?
0: Well, the perfume publisher's story uh, is just an analogy. I realized that at the beginning of my company, when I was just working on those perfumes with perfumers, that my relationship to them was very similar to one of a publisher with his artists, with his writers. Mm -hmm. And... People generally don't know our business. They don't know what a perfumer is. Um, they don't know what an evaluator is. So I thought, let's use that analogy to say that I'm dealing with artists that, unlike perfumes usually... I mean, that especially in those days, we started in 2000. Um, the perfume had become really mundane then. Um, this time, I wanted to use that analogy to say we're, work- we're dealing with works of art made by artists and explain... My job, which and my role, if you want, uh, which is sort of adapted to each of my perfumers' personality, um, and which is to sort of coach them to go as far as possible in their own endeavors. So um, it's, I then was baptized like a perfume publisher, but <laughs> in fact, what I, I am in life is a perfume art director. It's another master. way to okay. put it.
2: Okay, so you're co- in, you said coaching them. That's funny. That's like a funny word. To well,
0: this. you know, I've been this doing this for many many years. When you go to professional labs, you have people like me that work with perfumers. It's a very lonely job to be be a perfumer. Um, you formulate, you smell, you reformulate, you re-smell. After a day of that, you can't remember even your name. I mean, <laughs> you are completely mm-hmm. lost. So you need someone to talk to and to exchange about your own work. Mm-hmm. And I was that ki- kind of person. Um, so I'm like a sparring partner.
1: You mentioned the word evaluator. What does yes. an evaluator do? That's
0: the sparring partner. That's The, the you. evaluator, okay. um, traditionally evaluators, um, were a bit like librarians. They knew most of the perfumes that those perfumers in those perfume stables, if you want, I mean those perfume labs, uh, were making. And when someone was looking for a particular perfume, they would dig into their perfume library. Yes. So yes, again, it's the literary... The literature analogy. analogy keeps yes, going. Exactly. It's okay. strange, isn't it? Um, remember that we don't have a language, a perfume language. Yeah. We always borrow from music, from literature, from painting, from food. So we're very poor in this sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so an evaluator is someone that keeps that library and then sometimes readapts it and is the sort of sparring partner for perfumers. Got it. So they are like an in-house critique. I became an external critique. um, And because I have done that for so many years, I had the possibility to call the best perfumers in the industry and convince them quite easily, actually, um, to follow me and into that endeavor, which was... You know, the first company that would publish perfumes under their names. My company's name is Édition Parfum Frédéric Malle.
1: Exactly. <laughs> Which is probably what you guys know when you see it in
2: the stores, right? Now, exactly. did you, so you started as an evaluator, right? I started, in a, started at a
0: lab, there? and I was selling perfume and evaluating them, yes.
2: Are most evaluators, were they perfumers before, or you don't have to be a perfumer You to don't be an have evaluator? to be a perfumer. Okay.
0: Um, you have to know how to smell, though. And you have, to know how to, you have to know how to describe what you are smelling. So you have to know the raw materials. You have to know perfume structures. You have to know a Um And it's a slightly different fiber that you need. You need to speak the language. But you also need to know how to translate it and cater it to... A fashion designer, for mm. instance. Yeah. So you are this sort of go-between. You're That's like what I was man. doing. Yeah. Yes.
1: So where did you get your training for that? If you didn't train like a perfumer would.
0: I got a very unique training, actually. Um, I'm like I'm one of a kind. Oh. you, <laughs> you are. I mean, <laughs> you don't seem so convinced. <laughs> I, I'm going <laughs> to prove it to you. Um, the the um, first of all, I, I was brought up in this industry. Because my mother was working for Christian Dior. She was smelling perfumes for them. She was um, like a local art director um, on products. So we were always immersed in this, my brother and I. Um, so I didn't really have the language, but I had smelled perfumes, and, and I, was so, I was always shown perfume all my life. Then I desperately tried to become a playboy. Uh, when I was, like, (laughs) 15, something like that. And um, very respectable, though. (laughs) Uh, But a good-smelling playboy. And I realized that perfume was such a great help to make me attractive.
3: Yeah.
0: Um, And I also realized how addictive perfume was then. So I had, a head start. And then I was minding my own business in the advertising industry, and someone who was running one of the best labs in in perfumery... um, asked me to come and join him and work for him as his assistant. And that lab, which was called Roux, which now is merged with a big thing called Givaudan, had its own perfumery school where I I spent a few weeks. I didn't spend a very long time. But then I was sent back to Paris to the lab, and I was sort of locked up in a room for months to learn all the, the different essences, all the different accords, and the best perfumers of the time, uh, a man like Édouard Flechier, for instance, who was one of, uh, of the perfumers I'm, I have in Édition de uh, Parfum, who had just made Poison, who had made Montana, who was a huge star, mm-hmm. uh, and a few others, were generous enough to teach me the drill. Yeah. So I had like, private courses every night by the best perfumers in the industry. I mean, the, in, during the day, I was sort of sent to my um, demise, and I had to smell everything. I still have that notebook where I made all my notes uh, in my office today, actually. Did you ever
1: think I want to go be a perfumer now that I've done this?
0: You know, to be honest, first of all, I was never at the level of a perfumer, and I was always destined to be that funny breed, uh, which is that sort of in-between between between fashion designers um, and perfumers. Got it. Uh, my boss in those days was saying there are two kinds of salespeople, the one that would sell, you know, a second-hand car and the ones that think that they are perfumers. Unfortunately, you are <laughs> of the second kind.
3: Okay. Um, so
0: I spent a lot of time with perfumers because yeah. I was, in fact, a very bad salesperson. Okay. Um, but I wanted to make sure that they had the, the, the best thing so I didn't make any effort to sell it. So um, it sold on its own because it was very good. So I, very, I was a perfectionist from day one
2: you really, you know, it's clear just from your line like how much you love working with perfumers and how That's much true. you respect them and just, you know, looking if you looking at your mm-hmm. website um it's ki- it's really cool. It kind of reminds me and like don't laugh at the analogy, but do you ever see Ocean's 11? Yeah, yeah. Like mm-hmm. everyone has their own little personality and you're they do. introduced to the different characters and it's like this person's like the more rebellious one. This mm. person's the more the quirkier one. What, can you tell us a little bit about some of the perfumers you work with? Like, What are they, r- what are they like?
0: Well, as you said, they're all very different. And I have a very different rapport. It's like rapport casting a movie. To, yeah. Uh, first of all, the casting was done. Uh, not only they were the best perfumers, mm-hmm. but there are people that love their business.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And when you work with them, you have this very, very odd rhythm. You smell. I mean, you concentrate. You smell. Um, you smell with your, um, uh, in a very innocent way, uh, your entire self is to decide what he likes or doesn't like. Uh, so it's a very intense moment. Um, and then you shift to the other side of your brain, and, you, and when you speak the language like I do, <coughs> you explain to the perfumer what you like and what you don't like, in much more technical terms. So it's left brain, right brain all the time.
2: Like down to the molecule. It's like emotional and then analytical?
0: Exactly. So it's first emotional, then you forget emotion, you do analytics after analyzing your emotion. Um, Then you reformulate with the perfumer. Basically, you change the formula according to our comments and we have a conversation about you know what we like, what we don't like, is it too much of this or not too much of that, etc. Mm-hmm. etc. Cetera, et cetera. Um and then you send the trials to the lab. So the lab takes between 10, 15 minutes and an hour mm-hmm. to come back with something. So either you work on a different project or you chat. <laughs> Many of them are from the south of France. they, so chat. they are <laughs> Mega chatters. Yeah. I mean, gossip. It's, it's <laughs> gossip guys beyond.
3: <laughs> and
0: about the business. And then, you, and we, because we, we, we love our business, we talk shop. It's quite simple. <laughs> um, and, you know, the formula of this, and this one did that, and it's not that clever, or that was stupid, that we have, have smelled it 10 times before, and so on. So I realized that out of this conversation, there was a list of characters that always came back.
2: Perfumers? I, I, perfumers, yeah.
0: Pierre Bourdon, who invented cool water, was seen as a real modernist, and one of the heirs of Rudnitska, uh, a great technician who brought um, modernity to Ruhr, uh, with Jean-Louis Jussac, who was another one, who did opium, who did, um, I don't know, tons, Valentino, Oscar Valorenta, um, and so on. Uh, Dominique Ropion, who today oh, is probably yes. the best living perfumer, uh, was then a beginner, uh, w- but already seen as a genius because he was formulating in such a bold way and a different manner than anybody else in the, in the industry and so on. So I made a cast of characters out of those conversations because also what's fabulous in this business, although it's very competitive, they all work on the same briefs. Um, yeah. And there's always one winner. I mean, you know, you have a silver medal you go home with your perfume. and The Michael Kors
1: that never was. Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
0: and, and, and so and sad. Exactly. How and long do they
2: spend working on, just like, side question, how long do they spend working on, like, a, a fragrance, like a, a, a brief, like a pr- proposal? So if you're working on, if everyone's working on the brief for the next big Michael Kors, are they spending, like, a month on it or, like, a year on it? Two weeks? Oh,
0: it's an impossible posi- uh, co- question because things have changed co- so much. Okay. Um, in the old days, it was about a year. Um, and we would sort of, we, we would generally begin from almost a white sheet of paper. Or we would start from perfume that had been done for someone else. Ah. And we would take pieces of it right. uh, or recut it, like a, like a dress, literally, mm-hmm. uh, or make it more complicated or simplify it at the contrary. But we really started from nowhere. Um, but we were beginning from things which we thought was right for that designer, for that brief. Now what labs do um, for this big mammoth brief, um, I mean, their um, goal is to win the test. Mm-hmm. Because they know that there's going to be that focus group and you have to win. So first they want to know who is going to be the benchmark. Who is going to be that market product that they're going to, that the client is testing against, so according to what they are going to use as a benchmark, um, they have an array of perfumes that they know will test better than that. So they first understand so the so
1: unartistic.
0: Oh, it's not artistic at all. I mean, it's those like mass having perfumes, a jury with
1: lawyers and picking the right
0: jurors. And yes, exactly.
1: Oh yeah 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 no no, no it's, analogy, this is Jim. this
0: is why uh, this is why I did my uh, started my company in 2000 because I was so sick of that and so bored.
1: Wait, let me ask you this though: Are any of your fragrances that would have been Michael Kors's, or are they new, beautiful things that just never found a home?
0: <coughs> There's only one called Muscravager mm-hmm. that could have been a big product and okay. was not made for me, uh-huh. um, and.
2: Repeat the name again? It's
0: called Muscravageur. Okay, oh,
2: yes. And the yes, story yes, yes. is actually
0: quite amusing. That's a big one. It's a big one, yeah, yeah. Uh, Maurice Roussel, who is the author of Muscravageur, who we, we, we have become very good friends since, but was one of the great perfumers that I had never worked with. And I had to work with 90% of them. And Pierre Bourdon, um, who had been working with him, t- told me listen, you know, you should call him because he's very talented. Um, he has this amazing bold style and you'll get along so I called him and he came to see me and um, and I told him you know, free reign forget money, forget time, forget market tests uh, we are this is like a publishing house yeah, uh, and you can express yourself fully and if you need my help, you have it if you want to work on your own fine, and so Maurice came back to me a few months later, a few weeks later, and um, said, "I have something for you. It's the best perfume that I've ever made.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's too bold for the market. I've made it for, and I won't name the person." Oh, for, I thought you were going to tell. No, no, no. Oh my
2: God! I for, know. Um, a
0: very. <clears throat> it was one of the boldest fashion designers in France in those days. But what, in fact, what year is this? It was in. It was designed in 1998.
1: And he held on to it because it. Didn't and he make held it. on
0: to it. And Now we are in 1999, mm-hmm. and he knows that this thing is so politically incorrect that, and it was done for this very bold uh, French fashion designer mm-hmm. that he thought, you know, maybe he will take it, and of course he ran away shit scared. <laughs> and uh, oh, sorry, I'm not supposed to. Go no, you can. And, uh, <clears throat> and Frederick's and, like, I'll take it. <laughs> and, and you know what? And it's it's funny how those marketing people are. They saw amber warmth animatic node, like a fur coat. Yeah. And it's like, ooh, shocking. And na- in, in those days where we are all s- supposed to make watery little mm. Yeah, these are the days of
1: like yeah. CK1 uh, and Exactly, just yeah. after that.
0: And I saw it as something reminiscent of Emerald and uh, Ambrantique, which are great Coty perfumes mm-hmm. that were the perfumes that influenced Chalimar, which is a fabulous classic. And I thought, now this is like going back and mm-hmm. then forward uh, with our modern day raw material. Yeah. And this is fur coat galore. It's like, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh,
2: super great elegant. help
0: for a wonderful, sexy night. Sexy.
2: Um,
0: and so I just asked him for a few mods. Because basically it was like as if you were getting a visit from someone who was already naked, like ringing the buzzers. I told him, you know, little foreplay,
2: <laughs> <candle>. <laughs> Uh
0: It's so. I mean, it was too much. Scared <laughs> everyone. I mean, you know, I nice said an introduction, and um, so he was pissed off, and then he agreed that I was right, and he did it. But long story short, this is the Miskra story. Yeah. Um, it, the. Um, It was made initially for someone else. And it was, I think, the only one. Um, Parfum Thérèse, which was made by Mr. Rudnitsky in the 50s and seen as his masterpiece, Mm -hmm. was made for himself. I think he proposed it to my grandfather at Dior um, in the late 50s. My grandfather died. No one at Dior after that had the guts to buy it. And his wife was the only one to wear it for all these years and it became one of the legends of our business because Mrs. Rodnickowska always always smelled so good and she would never admit to what she was wearing and it was their secret. Mm. And they gave it to me because they were so touched that I came up with this idea of sort of putting perfume forward. And
1: which one is that? I'm sorry. It's
0: called Parfum Le Parfum de Thérèse. Okay. It's beautiful. It's like, it's very much like Paris in the 50s, uh, but done with sort of photoshop because in those days people didn't use those water fruits Mm -hmm. and it's the first one that has melon and cucumber and all of that stuff which came in perfumeries basically in the 90s
2: yeah so you mentioned we took you on a turn but you mentioned that you know when you started it, it was because you were working with all of these perfumers, the best of the best of the mm-hmm. best. Yeah. And was that like, you know, the light bulb moment where you're like, okay, I need to put their own non-market-driven fragrances out? Was there something else?
0: No. The, the, the something else is, was very true. Uh, was very, um, sorry, it was, was very um, present. Um, we were amazingly bored not to say completely <laughs> depressed. Um, I couldn't go to Pierre Bourdon, who is the perfumer that I was the closest to in those days, without having this sort of litany of complaints of, you know, um, the art director of such or such house is gone. But well, this is you like when you're
2: having your gossip sessions. Yeah, okay. gossip <laughs> sessions. Gossip sessions are yeah. huge in
0: perfumer. Um Is it because it's
2: such a small industry? Yes. Or you, like, yeah, we all know
0: each other. And yeah. I've, I've, I was brought up into it, and I mm-hmm. had been into it for already almost 15 years. So, yeah, we knew everybody. And it was a small world of people mm-hmm. that knew how to make perfumes. The chairman of Dior, Maurice Roger, was a genius at making perfumes. There was a woman called Chantal Ross who was very, very good, who made, you know, the big white cell perfumes and all that. There was a cast of characters that perfumers looked forward to working with because they knew that they would drive them to become better and to make very finished um um highly defined new and recognizable highly recognizable perfumes and then now these people were replaced by guys that came from png uh that sold cat food the year before and now they are (laughs) sort of you know running a big french fashion house making perfume
1: and it's all about the bottom line. And, and
0: it's about the bottom yeah. line. It's about the it's test. It's happened to
1: so many industries, music, media. Yeah, it's yeah. a similar story.
0: It's, it's all driven by distribution. Mm-hmm. The minute um, perfumeries, especially in Europe, were where, which were run by individuals that had done that from generation to generations, who really knew about perfume, who'd see you coming in, Look at your dress, look at the way you behave, uh, look at the way they do, do, you do your hair, um, wondering if you are a loud person or a quiet person. I mean, all these things that, that mm-hmm. we communicate, they would know within five seconds what sort of perfume to give you. Mm. And if they had a doubt, they would ask you, what was your perfume history? And they would know that you have been wearing patchouli all your life or Lily of the Valley, or whatever, because they knew all those perfumes. Right. So it's like a mathematical formula for them. And they would say, oh, have the latest by Dior, it's exactly what you want, or have the latest by YSL, it's what you want. And they'd be right. And they'd be right. Mm-hmm. And this is why all these great brands were free and actually, actually encouraged to make perfumes that were very, very specific. The minute these go-betweens, this fabulous service, in fact, which mm-hmm. we all took for granted, disappeared, and was replaced by rows of
3: Sephora.
0: perfume,
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: you know, on a black and white shelf. Yeah. By like, a you think you order. want that,
1: but then you miss out on all that great service.
0: You know, it came from Germany, a very puritanical um, country, yeah. uh, where perfumery was not a tradition, and um, uh, a, a company called Douglas. I worked uh, for Douglas. Well, well this, <laughs> Douglas invented that.
1: Yeah, and open a, cell formula or exactly. whatever. Yeah,
0: and there were there was a slight, and I believe they believed in it. Um, there was a slight moral stand on this because the, they were saying, you know, you, don't be pressurized by these uh, like a
1: gatekeeper. These, yeah, yeah, by
0: the by these aggressive salespeople.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, just find whatever you want. Yeah. But
1: Come in and find out. That was our tagline. Yes. <laughs> I kid you not. That's what we had to say. Exactly. Come in and find out.
0: <laughs> exactly. But I think it was very genuine. Yeah. But it's like people never saying no to their children. And yeah. in fact, their children are completely lost. <laughs> because they don't know they, anything. They don't know anything. Yeah. They have no boundaries. They're, they're
2: simple.
0: So when people, you know, not everybody was as lucky as I am mm-hmm. or as I was, to be brought up in the perfume industry. Mm-hmm. So people, I mean, it's a language that people yeah. do not know and for obvious reasons. So they walk in, they're completely lost. So they will, they will be sort of drawn by the image. And then they will ask their best friend to come with them. Mm-hmm. And, you, and, mm-hmm. and therefore, the, the, um, the perfume houses, I mean, the, the perfume brands, uh, would have to generate an event, mm-hmm. ally with a star... Yeah, uh, free gifts or something. Free gifts Make something neutral yeah.
1: enough that multiple women would think so it was okay. So you have a hook to get yeah. people in, mm-hmm.
0: celeb, event, mm-hmm. all of that. There's air quotes happening, <laughs> yes. Exactly. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then... Uh, and a look of disdain. <laughs> yeah, and then, well, whatever, you know, I'm yeah. nothing against them. Yeah. But the thing is that then you do something which is the the, the, the one-size fiddle, in the Yeah, and everything thing. starts to smell the same. Exactly. And then you don't need the great um perfume experts that we had in, in those brands anymore, you need guys that know how to deal with, you know, um the sort sort of supermarket order. Right. Uh, because that that's the um Gimme a technique. white
1: floral with a fruit flat of fruit or whatever it is. Yeah. yeah.
0: Give me something that beats Georgador. It's the simple as that. They don't even mm. know that it's floral or anything. Hmm. Um and Is that
2: really the kind of language that people are using when yeah. just
0: you know, they hardly dress it. Yeah. So it, it's very simple. So when you are in love with this business, when this is a big part of your life, um, you're quite depressed. And so my idea was very simple. I just told this, I mean, my re- reaction was, you know, stop complaining. We're just, there's, it's a huge opportunity for us. We're just going to show people uh, what perfumery can be. Mm-hmm. And, and they'll come what? around. <laughs> Instead of making things super basic, mm-hmm. one size fiddle, like an extra springy underwear, <laughs> uh, we are going to make, at the contrary, very high, end, very high perfumery. Yeah. We'll be more inventive. We are going to put even more money than we used to in perfume. We're going to take our time and we're going to make the perfumers of our dreams. And if possible, as you know, there are Great families of perfumes, Mm -hmm. like tuberose, like sheep, like all of that. We'll take them and we'll make them go much further. Mm -hmm. We'll reinvent them. Or we'll do something completely new. Let's reinvent the wheel. It's fun.
2: The perfumers must have been ecstatic when you said Exactly. That's why I was saying previously that
0: it was a very easy sell. Because uh, I went to Pierre Bourdon, who actually his reaction was quite amusing. And you were asking me about people's characters. he had been copied so much for Cool Water that he says, we are going to be ripped off. They're going to copy us. It's going to be horrible. And then he came back to me and said, you know what? The key will be to have a central raw material, which will be so expensive that they are going to have wow. great difficulty copying it. So this is how he did Iris Puder, which is made Around a big slug of iris, which is very expensive, mm. and if you copy iris powder, either you put the money or you get a crappy, the cheapo version. version.
1: <laughs> yeah, we wanted to ask you about that. Your fragrances are a bit more expensive than yes,
0: because they are way more expensive to make.
1: And and so what is it that's going into that cost? A raw material like iris, which is like then it gets fermented and it gets dug up and you have to wait three years and exactly. all that. Exactly. Um, so you have
0: that, but but it's not that you have zero point zero 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 point one. I you put a load of it in there. It's like 3%, something like that. Uh, so it's, w- which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a, an enormous amount.
1: People have to think about, like, the raw materials going into these little bottles, like the mm-hmm. fields of iris flowers or the pounds you know, of rose petals.
0: Uh, car- uh, carnal flower. Yeah. Um, oh, that's a
1: big one for you guys, huh? Yeah,
0: uh, it's a big one for us. Um, it's done with a tuberose, which you can only find in India. Now, Indians are using tubos mostly for... Uh, gifts and, and uh, religious ceremonies. Mm-hmm. So the perfume business is a small a part of the tuberose industry in, in India. Uh, so generally, the, these things are recuperated. In fact, we work with people that pick them just for perfumery at a certain time when the flower is just open in, at a very, very precise time. So that, that basically, when you distill it, you get the best of it. Tuberose blooms twice a year. I think it blooms in October and in May or something. Um, The good bloom is in October, if my memory doesn't fail me. We only buy flowers that are coming from the October harvest. Um, So basically you get the best oil. Yeah. And then at one point we had to stop because there was not enough tuberose flower in India and instead of having a lesser crop.
1: You were just I, no carnal flower this we,
0: season. We, we just...
1: It's like wine That's or something. It, yeah, then.
0: exactly. Um, but, but then we, we, we managed to organize uh, for, for later years. Um, then this oil uh, it's actually an absolute. Um, comes to grass. Um, actually, I think they do a concrete. And then they take the concrete to grass. They turn it into an absolute. And then for us, uh, and I think we are the only ones to do that, they do what's called a molecular distillation where they take the unwanted parts away. Yeah. So we have something which is way more pure than any other brands on would, the market. Would a
1: layperson smell the difference between that and just like, well, yeah. you would. Wow. You if, just know it would be better. If, and you wouldn't you, know why. If
0: you have the two mm-hmm. next to one another, it's, it's obvious. Um, and the other thing is that because it's, it has the molecular, molecular distillation. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some spices in there which uh, are not allowed by rules and by IFRA and, and mm. European regulations. Um, so, uh, it's um, so it's iso-eugenol. So it has much less iso-eugenol, so you can put more tuberose.
3: Mm.
0: So this is why carnal flower is already based on way more natural than any perfume in the industry. So, it's not, so imagine you have the best you grow, it's molecularly distilled, so already you multiply the price by two because half of it goes to the bin, <laughs> yeah. the buy. Um, and then you put way more of it. So in the end, you have a perfume which costs 10, 15 times more Than any perfume in the industry, just Um, from the raw materials. Yeah, and we we sell it. It's it's our most expensive perfume. How much Um, is it? I think it's 400 a barrel. So uh, for 100 ml. You've you know I Uh, or 380. I'm terrible with prices. (laughs) We'll put it on the blog. We'll double check.
2: (laughs) When you know when your line came out, it felt very you know. It was very much one of the only lines that I would say, oh, well, this is this is niche perfumery. This is you know the kind of fragrance you can only get in one of you know your boutiques, and this is like artisanal, top quality, yada yada yada. Now we're seeing so many brands yeah. that call themselves niche perfumery. Uh, does that mean anything to you? They all kind of have the same a similar price point to you, but you were the originator. What do you think about this whole category?
0: Someone told me the other day something that made me laugh. He says, God will recognize his children eventually.
1: See? <laughs> oh, <laughs> burn. Mic <laughs> drops.
2: <laughs> I like Okay, that. well, I guess we know your thoughts on that. Okay. You straightened up, too. This is where we really need a video. I, can we talk about these these raw
1: materials a little bit more? Because you just mm. mentioned a lot of things to me that smell really Sexy. And I feel like you're Carnal no. Yeah, but that's the fun. Yeah, I mean, you we like make to sex make sex in a bottle. Do you think that's. This is a- my
0: business. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> do you think that's
2: the only. You're in the per- business of sex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's so sexy.
0: Absolutely. Do
2: you yeah. think that's the only purpose no, I'm, of I'm, I'm, perfume? It's... His publicist smelled very sexy walking in Mary. <laughs> I know. I gave her yeah, a hug. But she's naturally Gorgeous. sexy. It's oh, uh, yes, yeah,
0: she But do you think that's yeah. the
1: only reason
2: people wear fragrance?
0: Yes. Um. in if it, if I had to sort of give a yes or a no, yes.
3: Interesting.
1: I
0: think that each per, we are basically animals of seduction. That's my big theory in life, and we each have our ideal of seduction. Some people want to have a loud seduction. Some people want to be more discreet. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's we are trying to be a sort of ideal self a right. version of ourselves. Sure. And the way to be. The best, that best version of ourselves um, matches a perfume. So you can wear Biggerite Concentre
3: mm-hmm.
0: and smell mostly citrus and have this feeling of long-lasting freshness as if you were walking out of your shower for about the entire morning.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so it's going to match your immaculate look and <coughs> your perfect hair and you quite white teeth and, you know... Yeah. You, th- that sort of sports. Go
1: look. on. <laughs> I
3: know,
2: <I'm>
0: like, <laughs> He's and, not talking about us. <laughs> I'm not talking about you, I'm afraid. No, <laughs> I, I, he do was. Confirm. I was like, Jen has very and, white
2: and, teeth.
0: And, and um, yeah, but the rest is different. Um, <laughs>
1: Wait, now I'm going to tell you which of your fragrances I wear. I want to know what that says, but continue.
0: Yeah, well, we will come to you. Uh, <laughs> don't be impatient. And, <laughs> and, and then, you know, there are people that like to sort of almost perfume themselves for themselves mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and sort of going back almost to their childhood. Um, and it's not really... S- he's a, looking
1: at you and he's a right. A big
0: seduction.
1: Oh, you're a cocooner with your perfume. But,
0: mm-hmm. but then if you're a cocooner, then it's yet something else. I mean, we are all different types of people. Mm-hmm and like, I think they that don't
2: sound very sexy then the cocooners are not very sexy then is
0: that I mean this is uh, you know they are sexy cocooners I imagine <laughs> <laughs> <With coughs>
2: they
3: lovely, must be out there silk. somewhere yeah like,
0: <laughs> but it's a different it's a different approach to sex sex doesn't have to be high heels and no, sort of like S&M heels. and you know walk over me <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's uh, the carnal flower <laughs> people I yeah. mean no, yeah. no 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 carnal flower <laughs> people are much brighter than that okay it's more um, sort of California Mm. Uh, wait, what are the
2: wait, which which fragrance is the S N M high heel one?
0: No, I'm I'm not going to go I... into that. I mean, you know.
2: <laughs> wait, then uh, me, we're I we like... in
0: a moment with such political correctness. Okay, okay, I Have okay. to be extremely careful. Yeah, about that's what right. I'm we, saying.
2: You're right. You're right. Well, okay. I
1: wear I mean,
0: Anj- only girls in that room. Like, go <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um,
1: wait, like, I'd I like mean. to sell some fragrance. <laughs> 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 I wear Angelique Sula What does that mean?
0: That you like textures. Mm. Texture. That, that you don't like something. I'm, actually, I'm surprised. I thought you'd be a sort of notch up. Uh, you like something fairly quiet. It's uh, my
1: hangover perfume,
0: actually. Ah, you see, now you're talking.
1: <laughs> it's like when I, because I wear perfume every day, but if it's. But like, it's
0: not something that you, you would go out with.
1: No, no. It's my everyday ah, morning, and I gr- maybe had a little too much to drink, and it just freshens me up and just makes me feel like... It's
0: fresh, it's sort of dynamic. It's but like it a gin has, and
1: tonic, it's a little hair of the dog. But,
0: but, well, it, it smells like gin and tonic because to there's, there's a hell of a lot of juniper in there. Oh, so, I wasn't wrong. Um, uh, Why you, you be wrong? A, you sort of seem so surprised. I don't know. <laughs>
1: you have like a girl. Well, because I'm, I'm talking to the guy who helped create it, and I'm calling it gin and tonic. It's much and, lovelier than that. And you're than, on the <gasps> money. Okay. I'm, um, I love I mean, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you can hire me. We'll uh, talk yeah, later. <laughs>
0: but, but in the evening, yes. you would be much more portrait of a lady or something yeah. oh, way deeper than that.
2: Okay, I'll just That's check a that beautiful fragrance.
0: What um even maybe musk Rousse- sauvage. Mm. Mm-hmm.
2: What do you think is the sexiest smell personally? Yeah.
0: There are many, many sexy smells. It's like saying, you know, the most beautiful color for a painter. Right. Um it depends what you do with it. Um in terms of raw material, is first of all we we make those compositions, some are more sexy than others. But then you know, I'll never forget this black girl crossing Madison Avenue when I was a starving student here in the 80s. And it's the first time I smelled Giorgio. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wow. Like,
1: <laughs> she was 200 Whoa. yards away and I could yeah. smell it. <laughs> and
0: you know what? I was on the other side of the block. Yeah, yes. yeah. That kind of frequency. It was like, wow, this is incredible. And the whole image was to die for. Yeah, you know? And I have the same... Uh, with people very close to me, actually wearing Portrait of Lady, mm-hmm. or um, wearing cauliflower Flower, or Miss Carvageur, and all that. But they're all, they different versions of sexy, and thank God mm-hmm. there are so many ways to be sexy, and yeah. it'd be so boring to be, you know, to have that routine, and loving always the same person, yeah. and the same perfume, and um, you know, we are all about diversity. But I think what's very important is to be yourself in life. And To have the not to try to smell like your best friend or someone on TV. Actually, you don't know what people on TV smell of, but uh, really smell of. Mm -hmm. Um, But you want to have a perfume that you are really comfortable with because if you have that, there are many chances that it will be it will it it, it will work with you. Mm -hmm. And it's the combination of a person and the right perfume for her or him that makes them sexy. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that's very important. There's not one ultimately sexy perfume. Yeah.
1: Are there any uh, particular notes that you're sort of over right now that there's too much of, in the either in the marketplace or even with the perfumers that you work with? Like, please don't give me another gardenia or whatever.
3: <laughs>
0: no. This. <bless you. laughs> um, I'm honestly when I'm bored with. Uh, but I never liked it, so it's easy to be bored. Um, is this a cord that you find in, in sort of cheapo perfumes that have an addition of those 20 raw materials that are conventions and always put together in a different proportion? Because together, the test well, they are quite cheap because they have been patented for a long time, so now they can be made... Mm. Um, in the Far East somewhere. Um, And they win tests. And it's that thing that people put in, like, like Muzak, <laughs> um, is that a yeah. sort of back noise i i hate it the back like noise warm? is it like a warm
2: is it like a a warm feeling yeah
0: warm creamy a bit floral a bit musky a bit I feel woody like a bit i of i, kind of I mean. have a lot of
1: perfumes every week and yes. you're like oh it's the same one it's the same one
0: and is that that back noise i hate mm. but
2: do we know do you know what it is but you just like it's too it's technical made. like yeah. 20 molecules that work it's together it's 20
0: molecules that are put together in a different order and in different proportions but it's roughly always the same, and there are things that in there that ooh, I hate. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so funny. And it's funny because individually, I use all these molecules. Right. They're great. Right. But the whole Together. mishmash.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's That's so sad. funny. So where do you get when you're doing this day in day out? Like it must be so. I just kind of can't imagine. Like you're working the same perfume with the same perfumers, the same like well, different jumbles of notes, where do you kind of like clear ahead and like get like new, fresh, creative inspiration?
0: It's a good question. Probably on vacation, mm. uh, doing nothing.
2: Where's your spot? Reading.
0: Um, where do you like to go? I, I, I do all sorts of vacations. I travel a lot. I'm going to Mexico for, for Christmas, for instance. Uh, but um, um, in the summer, I, sp- I spent time in Biaritz, um, where I grew up. Um, and I sort of disconnect. And sometimes, you know, you have that. You can also smell a flower occasionally. He's like, oh, this is cool. And maybe I could do something with that. I mean, really I remember coming here. Like
2: you're offline? Like you really disconnect?
0: I'm not. Uh, I, I actually truly disconnect. Okay. You
1: and know? now when you're on vacation in Mexico, what's in the toiletry bag? Like, do you wear cologne or a fragrance every day? Yes. What do you wear? Actually,
0: this is when I wear fragrances. Yeah, vacation. Um, yes. You're not at work because I'm not at work. Because when I'm at work, usually no evaluating. <laughs> yeah, unless um, there is one thing that I need to live with a little bit, uh, which is either almost finished or question mark or um, something that you know the manik of that world will sort of ask me to check out. Um, and then because I have four children, meaning and a wife, mm-hmm. uh, meaning five potential guinea pigs.
3: <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: I spray on them. Yeah. <coughs> so <coughs> what are you
1: what are you wearing personally then?
0: I wear a lot of geranium pour monsieur.
1: hmm
0: Um I wear this perfume which I adore called Monsieur, which is this deep leathery patchouli, which is very nice.
1: Who's the frag? who's It's done by Bruno Jovanovic. Okay.
0: Um and it has rum absolute in it. Ooh. Which is very goes
1: with your tweed cool. jacket, yeah. I feel actually like. it does. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even more
0: serious than that. Yeah. And, um so um, I wear a lot of our vetiver.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. You know, I have all these little travel sprays, and you know, um, I, w- there is this say in French saying that the shoemaker is always having the worst shoes. I'm not th- that type. No, I, I okay. Well perfumed. That's like beauty <laughs> editors look so wearing their makeup right now. And, um, You're like beaming. And I have I wear the bigger ad also. So these are my go-to usually.
1: And what about non-fragrance? What about your skincare regime? Do you have one? It's fat oh, mascara and we you have know, to you ask. ask. It's, um, like, it's
0: not just water. I wear, <laughs> sometimes when I have to sort of look decent, I wear this little Tom Ford sort of uh, um, uh, around the eye, eye contour thing, yeah. uh, which is sort <laughs> of nice. Um, what I wear every day is my, I made the best shaving cream in the industry. Sorry, guys. But, um, don't be sorry it's, um, is it
1: L'Edition L- Frederick Malf shaving cream yeah oh,
0: and it's fancy. it's a very rare oh. shaving cream Ooh. Um, <gasps> and Quality it's exactly games. the way I wanted it it has a little freshener in it the, the blade glides like um, on a ski slope it's perfect that uh, was your vanity project I yes, guess exactly wow. it's, it's a metal tube it's just a, what Chic. I wanted I'm sure
2: there's a cult following of
0: and this. then yeah actually there is growing Yeah. Um, This, our hand cream, and there is an aftershave balm that we have, which is, in fact, uh, a woman's serum that I sort of devoided into a super deluxe aftershave balm. I think if I was wearing it every day around my eyes, it would make me look much younger. (laughs) Um, But there is something so that the beard can grow more straight.
1: Oh! Oh wow! Yes, this is so it's
0: really become like a, a men's product. So it's, I use these, I, and I use these absolutely every day. Okay. So that's my beauty products. Wonderful.
2: We're gonna wrap up with a quick lightning round game.
0: My God! Are you ready to I play
2: know. a game? Sure, you ready? Of it's it, it it's really fun and I quick. gave it a name. I gave it a name. Oh, what's the name
1: of the game? One note. One note. Oh, I
2: love that, Jen. Thank you. One note. Okay, so we're just gonna give you a little scenario or a feeling, and you tell us what fragrance. Note, hence one note it makes you think of. Oh my god, you're pouring you more water.
0: Yeah, yeah, I have to, you're to like, sort of, he's stressed okay. out. Yeah, I know. Recover before you l- I even. He's like, you didn't, t- you you didn't
2: t- t- give an example then? So, like, yeah, so, um, like. Tokyo, Tokyo, I would say, and then you would give your one note, which is. Um, Cherry blossom. Perfect, oh, I don't know if that's right. <laughs> okay, ready? <laughs> Springtime in Paris.
0: The subway. Subway is the smell of Paris. Okay. The metro. <laughs> Not very sexy. Now, what do you
2: say about winter in New York City?
0: It's fresh air. It's this icy fresh air that I love.
2: Mm. I like it too. Wow. Your home.
0: My home smells of um, uh, Cafe Society. Cafe Society is a scent that I made literally for m- myself. Oh. oh. Um, and, that, and, and we have those perfume guns. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. this is what my home smells like. Oh,
2: wow. But we can't get it as lay people.
0: Of course, you can.
2: You can. Yeah. Oh, 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 I thought he said he made it just for himself. You know himself. what? He I made it for it myself for a
0: what? long time. okay. And then. And I'm so vain. <laughs> <that> <laughs> I ended up selling it.
2: Okay, this
1: next okay. one's kind of hard. I, it's a feeling. Happiness.
0: Happiness? Well, Lily of the Valley, a bit cheesy, but oh, that's always good. <laughs> works.
1: Okay, what about sadness then? Then we'll get off the feeling. The smell worry. of rain. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. Church. What does the church make you think of? Oh, Frankenstein.
0: Yeah. That's All easy. Right, that was an easy one, sorry. Yeah.
1: The backstage of a theater.
0: Um, uh, uh, Dust.
1: Mm. What about...
0: It, it never th- smells good.
1: Yeah, what about the front house of like an opera house or a theater?
0: Oh, um, tuberose, chalimar, mm. you know, it goes, it's like okay. kaleidoscope. That's oh,
2: nice. look what I put last. That's I'm so, so cute. Sweet. This is really cute. This is really cute. Love.
0: Love? Oh, God. <laughs>
2: My my, my 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 wife my
0: mouth. wife wears <laughs> Portrait of a Lady, so it's very grand love. Oh, I beautiful. love that.
1: That's really
3: nice. I can't wait to smell yeah. it. Thank
1: you so much Thank for coming. You. No pleasure. That was Sarah. fun. Thank, Thank you. you. a wand, but first I have to lower a wand, because it was around this time last year that I raised a wand to my favorite winter fruit, the clementine. And I just have to say, the clementines this season have been lackluster in my opinion.
2: I haven't really had any good fruit this season.
1: Then I feel bad because I'm like, I bet you Florida had some cold snap last year or something Mm -hmm. or like bad environmental thing, and that's the reason. Sorry citrus growers growers of Florida. Um, So lower a wand to the clementines, but Raise a wand. You're never gonna believe that I'm on board with this product, Frank Body Lip Scrub. Can you believe I'm raising why a wand? I, to-
2: why would I not believe that?
1: Because I feel like lip scrub is one of those products that Jen 1.0 back in 2017 would have been like, lip scrub. Who needs a lip scrub? Just use a wash. I use a lip scrub. Okay, well I a lot of them just feel like hurty and itchy and make <laughs> my lips. Like red and inflamed. Mm. And then I'm like, what's the point of lip scrub? But I met with the uh, founders of Frank Body, it's that Australian coffee scrub. Body brand. Mm. And their coffee scrub's delightful. It will make your bath a mess. But the lip scrub has little coffee grains in it and sugar. And it's super melty mm. and like butter. And it's just like I feel like I'm giving myself a little treat at the end of the day. And I it's nice. and I, you know, I just slough off the flakes and it's just really makes my lips super smooth. So raise a wand to Frank Body's slough lip scrub. Slough it off. How about you? What are you raising a wand to?
2: I'm gonna raise a wand too a product that I did mention on the podcast, but I did not give it a proper razor on, and it deserves it. It really deserves it. The Christopher Buckle Exposure Matte Warming Powder. Now, when Christopher came into my office about, like, six months ago with this product, he used it on me, and then they left me with a version of it that was not my shade. And it was... I don't, like, copiously, gratuitously call things in if I don't think I'm really going to, like, love them and use them. I stalked his publicist being like, I need what he used on me.
1: I need the warming powder. I need the
2: warming powder and in my, and light, which is, there's two shades. There's like a light and a... There's deep and there's light. Which one do you think Mariah I, uses? I don't know. Maybe she uses like different ones for like how tan she wants to be because I feel like she kind of goes like lighter and darker depending on like her look. Um, but the light... Is so, I'm telling you, this is not like I've used all the best bronzers. I've used Guerlain Terracotta. I've used NARS Laguna. I've used them all, Too Faced, bum, bum, bum. This is a sheerness that's not like it's not a bronzer. It's a really, it's a warming powder. It just makes you look alive. I used it today. I went to a meeting. Someone said, Jessica, you look so rested. It's the warming powder. Wait, didn't you get hit on
1: today on the street? No, that was last, that was last week. Did you have the warming powder on? I did, have, I did have a lot of makeup on that day. I'll toot your horn for you. Thank you. Somebody said she looked like Julianne oh, Moore. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Um, could I, okay. no, could I actually, could you, you know what? I did have the warming powder. There you go. Because I woke up late and I just threw that on. Because I, 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 I throw in the warming powder and a red lip and I look done. Here you go, guys. Get some warming powder. Any red lip of your choice, but use this warming powder. Just, you're done. It is so freaking light. It is about $32 on com. The end. The end. Thank you so much for listening. We're growing because of people like you telling your friends and fam and all that. But if you really want to help us out, which would be amazing, please go over to iTunes and write us a little review or just throw us some stars. Five please. That would be incredible.
1: And if you want to know where to find any of the people or places or things we talked about, go to fatmascara.com and check out our blog. You can follow us on all the social channels at Fatmascara or email us at infofatmascara.com. At
2: we'll even read your
1: letters on the air. So profesh. So profesh.